February 17th, 2023, will be the national debut of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. We did a review on the 2015 Ant-Man. Now we're going to do the review of the 2018 Ant-Man and the Wasp. Welcome back to Tales of Two Bros. I'm Angel. I'm Adon. Where we try to give you a review weekly. At least one. Spoilers. Did you rewatch Ant-Man and the Wasp? I did. And on our last review of the Ant-Man that I thought that this one was better than the first one. Ant-Man and the Wasp was better than Ant-Man. Yeah. And I just finished watching it. And I have to say I'm correct in my opinion. But to be honest, I have not seen it since I first saw it in the theaters. Okay. And the first one is good, right? Like how like Iron Man, it was a great origin story for Tony Stark. Ant-Man was a great origin story for Scott Lang. Now here we go. It continues on. And what's awesome about Ant-Man, it was also like a period piece in a way that it was happening alongside other factors in the MCU. Like it just happened prior of Captain America Civil War. Here, this film takes place during the duration, during the time of Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. The Avengers are doing their thing, you know, with T'Challa and dealing with uh, Thanos and his crew and all that stuff. But we don't see Ant-Man involved. We don't see Hawkeye involved. So this is like a sub-story of Infinity War without being related until the very end on the first end credit scene. Yeah. Was this your second time? I mean, how many times have you seen it already? Do you recall? Like, I want to say it's like the maybe third or fourth. Like I'll watch it one time on my own. I'll watch it with some friends mm-hmm. or something like that. Like, so I've seen it a few times. There's more action here. Mm-hmm. In the first one, no training montage, none of that. It just goes right into it. And the fight scenes are pretty damn good, especially with, Hope Van Dyne. And I love that she let her hair out instead of that bob haircut. But granted, that hairstyle from the first movie was more in honor of the combo character, Janet. Um, Janet Van Dyne. Yeah, mm-hmm. her mother. She's uh, like so notoriously known for having the bob haircut. Here, now she's like her own character. She's not like living in her mom's shadow, if you will. She became her own character because now she has taken the mantle of the Wasp officially. Uh, Hope, that is. And as I mentioned before, there's another counterpart to Hank Pym, meaning Goliath, his other alter ego that he had. Because he had Yellow Jacket, he was Ant-Man, mm-hmm. he was also Goliath at one time in the comics. And then Bill Foster in the comics becomes Goliath, and here we have Lawrence Fishburne playing that role. Yeah. What do you think about Ghost? Uh, I mean, Ghost is uh, definitely a character in the comics, but uh, like definitely portrayed differently well and, first of all it was, a, it was a guy in the comics and you true wasn't ghost uh more of a fantastic four villain at least from the old fantastic four cartoons like honestly i have no idea every time i think of ghost i'm thinking of a, a i could be wrong but i'm thinking of a character that was in the old fantastic four cartoons where he was like balding on the top and he had a group of apes that were like cosmic they had cosmic powers 
I have just no like idea. the Fantastic Four, but they're a little bit different. No, you're not talking about a uh, mole man, right? No, 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 no. Yeah, it was another character that is like he wanted to duplicate the same powers of the Fantastic Four, so he goes to the outer space with astronaut trained apes, each a different type of ape, and then they will gain powers, and his powers like to walk through walls and stuff like a ghost. Oh, I mean, the costume looked good. No, the costume looked great, but at the same token, I'm thinking of Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, I, I, I or, or, or Metal Gear. Excuse me, I'm thinking of Metal Gear. One of the characters that had like a mask on with like three or kind of like mm-hmm. you know telescope eyes, whatever. So that's what I was thinking of. Uh, Psycho Pirate was it? No, not Psycho Pirate. Psycho Pirate was a villain, and this one was a villain too. The Metal Gear Two, right? But no, there's there's a good guy with a sword, Liquid Snake. Maybe a mixture of the two. So there are people, if you're watching this, if you know what we're talking about, anything. Tell us if we're right or wrong. <laughs> if you know the right answer, tell us what it is. Like Ant-Man, and I'll go say like Doctor Strange to refer to that. Not Multiverse of Madness, but the first one. This is, for the most part, visually beautiful in the sense of when Pym goes into the quantum, quantum realm. Quantum, quantum zone, excuse me. That was done very well. The way they portrayed Ghost was awesome. I think that you know, where like she, you know... Her body, for those who have never seen this, her body is always constantly healing and breaking apart, healing and breaking apart. So she's in constant pain in that yeah. aspect. But visually, you see like she has, she's in the present, she's in the past or in the future. Like she's always fluctuating. Yeah, the they call it phasing. Time. And um, right. it, and basically it, it plays off the idea of quantum theories, like, uh, like the quantum, um, uh, it, it, which plays into the uh, end game. Because, like, when you're in that state, you, like, time is not necessarily relative. Is is Well, time is relative. It's, it's not mm-hmm. a straight line. Uh, you can, uh, like, those particles can go in any direction they want in time, theoretically. So, like, when her, she's breaking down at a subatomic level, then refusing back together. Uh, and theoretically, right. like, that's why you can see sometimes her image is ahead of her, not just behind her. For mm-hmm. like the motion of her, like so, it, it is showing that it's like she's just moving out of phase of time and reality and coming back in. I guess it's like, and this is what I'm going to say about Ghost. So I like the actress who plays Ghost. I've seen her in other projects, and mm-hmm. there was I had two flaws with it. Uh, only really like her mental state, and I think this had to do with like her upbringing and whatnot. Seemed like a she seemed like a childlike almost the first time we introduce her when she's talking to Scott. Like she, like she trying to act all innocent, and I thought like, is she crushing on Scott? She, but she's like, I just want what's in your head. Well, my uh, Michael Douglas, Hank Pym, and I hope and I'm mm-hmm. passed out next to him. And then, but then everything out after that, she's like diehard focused. And then, well, I mean, yeah, I think it's because of like she's in dire knees. She's about to, she's about to die. True, true. Yeah, no, I, I so get that. She's she's at her she's at her you know wit's end. She's at her last straw. She's right there, at the cusp of finding the cure or solution to her problem. I guess what she was trying to do at first is, you know, deal with kindness and that didn't work. So her temper, her patience ran thin. And you can see that she's, she even portrayed her mentor, her adopted father, if you will, Bill Foster. Yeah. That she was just, that's enough. And, you know, she became, I guess, greedy because she was only caring about herself instead of, uh, Janet's survival and stuff like that. She didn't because she didn't know the possibilities if it's going to work or not. If Janet shows up, or if Janet shows up, 
mm-hmm. from the quantum zone. So I, I can't understand that. It, I just felt there were some unneeded slow parts. Oh, no, I agree with that. It was minor. Granted, Arguably, that's, that was the same thing in the first Ant-Man, too. There was like some slow parts, but they were minor and over easily overlooked. Right, but with Ant-Man, I felt the pace was faster. Yeah. Where here, there were like noticeable slow moments that really slow down. And I think this movie is longer. My favorite part, besides the first action scene with Hope in the restaurant, which was really good, mm-hmm. is the trio, X-Con. Oh, yeah, they were awesome again. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were awesome, as always. Again, they're a really good trio, especially when they're hit with the truth serum. It's not a truth serum. It's like a, if it walks like a duck, it walks like a duck. Yeah. <laughs> and I like that they went back. They honored the first movie with his storytelling again, of uh, Luis's storytelling. But they didn't overkill it like they did in the first one. The first one, mm-hmm. they did it like twice. They just did it once because he was just freaking out and the true serum is taking over. But I do like the callback to John Wick. Bubba Yaga. Yes. Because... For me, it was the first time I heard it in John Wick 2. Or no, John Wick no, 1. John, the first John, one. They, they, I was going to say, that was, the whole, that was the whole trailer of the first one. Bobby, he's the Bobby Yaga. <laughs> right, but they also brought it in the second one, too, in their first opening scene. They brought that character or that name up again. Yeah. So I liked how they used it, where it's not just tagged, I guess, in one movie but it is is multicultural in the sense of like this character is like santa claus a lot of cultures knows this character baba yaga well actually i think it's more of a euro uh uh eastern like a euro um because i i don't think they say what his nationality is but i want to say baba yaga is like that uh not quite russian but in that general area because Baba Yaga is not necessarily a boogeyman. It's more like a, he's, he accurately described what it is. It's a witch. Is um, a Sablik Baba Yaga also spelled Baba Yaga from Polish or from Poland? It's a supernatural. It's a witch that hunts down children. Supernatural being of one of a trio of sisters of the same name who appears as a deformed and a ferocious looking woman. Yeah. They had her in uh, Hellboy. Here that they change it up where like. It's John Wick. He's a myth. He's a ghost. Wherever here and mm-hmm. then here as well. And then he starts singing the song when the character he sees her and she disappears. He starts singing the he's song. Like, Yaga, go to sleep. <laughs> it's like he starts like, like his childhood haunting like, uh, song. Yeah, right. So no, no, they were great as always. Not as much as they were in the first one. Mm-hmm. It was more like a. I guess a reminder to us, you know, they still exist in that world and they're still there. Louise had a bigger part. Yeah. He was more involved in the sense of helping Scott and Hope. Yeah. I mean, what about you? What was your favorite moment or scene? If we're talking about action, I would say like there's two best action scenes. You already mentioned one, which mm-hmm. was the, um, the, uh, the restaurant fight scene. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was the, the chase, car chase. Yes. Okay. Fantastic. Which side note, and I noticed this in the first movie too. How is it everybody has like super twenty twenty vision? As soon as everybody shrinks, they still have eyes on them where they're at at all times to able to either shoot, chase, or throw knives. Uh, I don't think so. They no, they don't. They are like just fractions of like 
in the first no, one, he, he shot an ant right underneath him. And then, uh, and in the hotel fight scene, they're throwing knives, and she's like dodging the knives as they're coming around her, and they're hitting her. Listen, I've I've killed many insects. It's very hard when they're on the move. I don't. Well, they didn't hit her. She ran on top of them, or by them, or flew by them. I think yeah. they're just throwing best of their ability in that direction. And with the car chase, I don't think they saw them. The only ones that saw them was the pigeons. Don't forget, they also kept you know shrinking and growing, shrinking and growing, shrinking and growing. So it was easier to see them. And then, which I thought well, that makes, I mean, it makes it eat interesting for the chase for the audience. But for me, I would just stay small. Just like go down to the drain, go small. Yeah, I would just go and stay, in stro- uh, stay small. Excuse me. But wherever they were going, it's like the bad guys were just happening to be following like that, that, that road in San Francisco, the curved road. They were just falling in the same vicinity. Yeah. But yeah. Grow- getting up and down, up and down. I mean, I understand Hope and Scott and Hank Pym getting used to it, but Luis never done it before. He, I would think he would have gotten nauseous. Because I would have sh- shaken up his his body, like you know, it would have been kind of funny if he threw up. Like if once yeah. the car stopped. I like the daughter. The character of the daughter is always a great character mm-hmm. to me. The interrog- interrogation scene is probably my favorite scene too. Honestly, I the ending I didn't like as much uh, as I did in the first one. It it felt a little bit anticlimactic for the ending. Which one? When um, they finally get Janet out from the. Uh, the quantum zone and then she goes i feel right. your pain and she just like touches her and that was it well the the thing is like the ghost wasn't really an enemy though no i understand that it just right it, it, what i mean is it like just the, feels anticlimactic like right here's the thing it, it, they set they set the tone right off the bat of what this story is about and the story is about rescuing janet yeah from the quantum zone that's their thing that's all there is. And now they have an obstacle with ghosts coming in. So mm-hmm. like, unlike the first one, you have a clear enemy of the yellow jacket. Yeah. Here there's not. This is one girl who's trying to save her life and you have you know, Hope and Hank with the answers or with the possible answers of saving Janet. That's where it may can feel like anticlimactic because Ghost didn't want to kill anyone, but she would have if People were standing in the way, or she was about to. She was getting closer and closer to that line that some people should never cross, which but, is good because you know I mean, she made it sound of, like she crossed that line a couple times working for Shield, which I well, theorized she was, she was actually working for Hydra. She wasn't hired. Right. She, she was actually uh, essentially uh, in Taskmaster. Mm-hmm. She was like Taskmaster. But she wasn't hired. Uh, she was adopted by Shield as a child, and she was told that they would cure her in in trade of her doing right. missions for them and training. Right? For no, them. of course. And they lied. Yeah. So um, it, was, it was Hydra at the time, right? Now that uh, actually brings up a, a thing that I was wondering because I did like the the other alternate villain, the side villain that they had. Are you talking about Sonny Birch? Yeah, Sonny Birch. Yeah, but, I mean he's a great actor. He's yeah. been many. You know, films as the bad guy, very seldom as the good guy. Uh, he's good, yes, but it wasn't really like who was his like who was his who was his boss? That would have been kind of cool. That's what and I was getting to. I was I was wondering like they never hinted at or told us who he was trying to f- feel that deal with. 
Like, I don't know if that was for Hydra agents, if that was for some other big bad, if that was even for uh, the uh, the Ten Rings. Or AIM. Which AIM would be a great villain to want to, uh, or organization, to mm-hmm. want to have it. Wait, wait, no, this wouldn't be in the same timeline for AIM. Because Iron Man no, 3 be- was done before, and AIM was for t- Iron Man 3. Right, but he was also the the Mandarin as well. The guy wore many hats. but. The thing is, even one guy, even though one guy may have failed, there's always someone else to take up the mantle. This is true. Or it's just like, here I go back to Star Wars, where you have, you know, Palpatine gets killed, supposedly, but the Empire still reigns. There's still remnants who are taking over. And then there's a new organization, the New Order. First Order. That comes, or the First Order, excuse me, the First Order. And then later on, there's the Final Order, which was stupid. But there's always someone there, so it could have been it could be someone from AIM, it could be someone from Hydra, it could be someone from what's Ten that rings. group, the Ten Rings or Illuminati. It could be like multiple factors coming in that need this tech. Yeah, I mean, it could have been Nick, the real Nick Fury, for all we know. Right. You know, for but we will never know. But that, but that's also good too. It's also good that we don't know. It would have been nice, maybe a one shot, like they've done with other. MCU films. True. You do a one shot and then we get some answers from that. But it's also nice to know that we don't know. Maybe we'll find out in this one. Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania. Maybe Maybe. we will. The one thing I I appreciate about the Ant-Man films, they're actually pretty darn close to the comics in a lot of different ways. In original and other ways. So like in the comics, does Scott Lang start his own organization for home security uh, for security for businesses and other uh, like high end clients? Yes. And does he hire, uh, you know, former cons to work with him? Yes. He actually hires su- uh, former super uh, villains to uh, mm-hmm. work with him. Uh, in and is like there was a villain that was I think they referenced in the She Hulk, where it was like a boar, a guy who wears a boar outfit or a bear outfit, and that's one of the guys he hires. So I'm like, okay. I like that concept like, that they took that and they ran with it and they just made it their own. You talk about that because when the credits happened, She-Hawk, Attorney at Law, came up as the, as the follow-up to Ant-Man and the Wasp on Disney+. Plus. That's what it did for me. Oh, uh, you're talking about, <laughs> I'm thinking about like credit scenes. You're talking about like for like upcoming shows and stuff. Like right. That. Like, 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 like you know, yeah, like. Since you watch this, we recommend this. Or what Disney Plus does a lot of times is this is related to this. Yeah. In what rec- way? Right. It could be something big or something small that's related. We also have here the introduction of Jimmy Woo that we see later on in WandaVision. In WandaVision. And he learns his magic trick. Right. WandaVision. That's where well, this is where he starts it. This is where he it starts for him. And then we see him in WandaVision learning the card trick or that he mastered the card trick. Yeah, he uses that to introduce himself to um, Monica Rambo. Rambo, which is a nice little tie-in for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, like his uh, awkwardness with uh, Scott Lang was funny. Like uh, he was like, uh, "It's like I'll see you again." He's like, "What for? Like dinner?" Or like, "What are you trying?" Oh, to that do? was that was totally improv. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, oh, "It's like I mean, no, like like I'll catch you in a crime next time, I'll, and I'll be there to catch you." And he's like, "What?" It was. Do you want dinner? <laughs> Randall Park, he's very good at improvisation. When that happened, he just went with it and just kept on going. 
So it was really good. Even though this is actually my second whole viewing of this, still holds up. It's still good. Case is great. Comic timing or placement is is right on, on par, in my opinion, in the sense of it doesn't feel forced. But it's, the laughter or the jokes is not as much as the first one. The first one had, it was a little more comedic. True. Where here it was just um, seldom, but it worked perfectly if you will. I don't know why, but it feels like they use Michael Douglas less than this one. And I know he's there a lot. It's just that for some reason, the impact of his character doesn't feel as impactful. Wow. Right. Well, in the first one, he was the mentor. He was the teacher. He was the coach. He was Obi-Wan. Yeah. Okay. So here it's more about Scott and Hope, Ant-Man and the Wasp. I agree with that. He did have an uh, important part. He was running the test. He was trying to – he's the one that physically went to get Janet. So yeah. I don't know, bro. I mean, there is a lot of him in there, a lot more than you would think because – He's going to the quantum zone. He has a little scene with him and Lawrence Fisher and they're, they're about to go fist to cuffs in the office. He's in the jail cell with, or he's in an interrogation room with Hope. It opens up with him and Hope for the movie. You hear his, he's the first voice you hear of yeah. the movie. Which so, was the I mean, same thing in the first movie. Was he the first one? Oh yeah, he was the first person. Yeah. Correct. Yes. In the shield. Yeah. The, uh, back in the day. Oh, I have to say the Disney, not Disney, but Star Wars crew, they got to get them board with whoever is doing the de-aging for marvel the mcu oh. they need to get on board with that crew because they did a phenomenal job de-aging michelle pfeiffer well granted you didn't have to do that much with her but michael douglas good, yeah yes michael douglas when they de-aged him in this one and in the first one they de-aged him and he looked amazing so i heard and I, you know anybody in the comments can always correct me if i'm wrong on this i heard and on that most of the actors that they do for Marvel, they do a lot of uh, like mocap and uh, like you know facial mm -hmm. captures because they mm -hmm. want to get them, and then they want to get them while they're young or uh, get those uh, faces so they can they can de-age right. And they've been doing mm -hmm. that for quite some time, so they have like a library of face capture and motion capture. Mm -hmm. They actually skipped Paul Rudd in the he never ages. <laughs> that was he never ages. They literally said that too, like. The man doesn't age. We don't need it. Like down the line, maybe, but like we'll have enough footage of him from regular movies that we don't need to, anyways. So they just said, like, we don't need to. He's in his what fifties now. Yeah, and, oh, he's and been in his fifties. He's been in his fifties, and he still looks like when he was in Clueless. He's like the Dick Clark of the MCU. <laughs> but yeah, like that's just a fun fact that like that they just they. Marvel recognized it like this guy doesn't hate and we can save money on him. We don't need to like, oh, yeah. put the, the dollars to well, there was no footage. What, what scene would have been for him to DH though? No, but like down the line in the future or whatever. Like oh. Yeah, like that makes sense. Because they have a whole oh, yeah. library of the, their characters to do that for. But regardless, they, again No, they do a the great Star Wars job. Crew, yeah, Star Wars production needs to hire whoever did that because the thing is is like you have the aging and then you have deep faking yeah and i think the disney oh i keep saying disney but it's actually star wars but the star wars crew because since they're both owned by disney let's let's be right about this star wars is doing deep faking while Marvel's mcu doing marvel like, is uh, doing the aging right. right granted 
I think for like for Luke and the Mandalorian and the, the scene with Boba Fett, Mark Hamill is not the same build. He's a little wider. So the yeah, I guess you would that would have, have been deep, deep fake. fake. Yeah. That would have to deep fake because you have to you're putting a, a different person all together. So maybe because yeah. Because granted, you had Michael Douglas, the de-aging, but his body was moving like old Michael Douglas. Like his body was not as moving as smooth as you know you would if you're in your 30s. True. When you're in your 70s. But, I mean, okay. I'll say this: one cool scene, and I forgot about this in the original time I saw it, is when Ghost has Hank hostage in the van, and her hand is through his throat. Uh, when he's yeah. telling it like she she went solid, he would have been dead. And the, that that's the part vision was move, pretty, right? Exactly the, the, the phasing, classic, yes. yeah. Classic but vision. Seeing, seeing now, I was like, ooh, I didn't, I don't remember that from the first time. But sorry mm-hmm. to cut you off. That reminds me back. That brings me back to the interrogation scene uh, that we we were commenting before because there was mm-hmm. so many small moments that were really good. But like when she reveals herself, it's right after he goes, "Oh yeah, they're the forest." And she, and oh, she, yeah, and That's she, when the, yeah, so when everyone scares, everyone got scared, and she's like, What? Where? And then, yeah, but it's the like she got. pops up like that, and you could tell she's just fed up with his storytelling, and she's like, Just tell me where. Review wise, so here on IMDb is ranked or rated at seven out of 10. Film Affinity has it scored at 5.9 out of 10. That's pretty damn low. And eighty six, yeah, eighty six percent of Google users liked it, but officially on Rotten Tomatoes, eighty seven percent, and the audience reviewed it at eighty percent. The critics was four hundred and forty five reviews, where the audience has it over twenty five thousand reviews. So you're gonna have that little barometer going lower. I'm here with the critics. I actually like it more. Like I said, I do like it a little bit more than the first one. So I'll give it a strong like 93. Uh, The original Ant-Man, great origin story for him. Great origin story overall for that crew. Because you have a lot of characters in that first film. And they just follow up. And they introduce, I would say basically they introduce here three. Ghost, Bill Foster, and... Oh, no, four guys then. Excuse me. Excuse me, four guys. Oh. Because you have that the restaurant owner. Oh, yeah. Right? So you have those. Because he may show up later. True. You never know. Because he wasn't killed. He was just arrested. So he may show up later, maybe in this one, maybe in another one, in a, like a deep cut that we don't, maybe in a what if, something like that. So we'll probably see him again. So those four main characters were added into the Ant-Man Mythos. universe. I mean, for me, I still will put Ant-Man above this one. I okay. like this one a lot, but if mm-hmm. if it was like someone said, "Hey, do you want to watch Ant Man or Ant Man and the Wasp?" Like just rewatch it out of the blue, I personally would just say, "Let's watch Ant Man." Right. Nothing against hope. hope. Those were excellent fight scenes and whatnot. I just like the story better mm-hmm. in the first one for me. Fair enough. Oh, I have to mention. Uh, mention. I don't know. I know this is taking place in San Francisco, but I couldn't help think of when Scott is brought first to the building. Where he's like um, kidnapped by Hope, okay, right, and he's bringing to the building that you look when he comes out of the car and you look behind him. The building behind him, the complex, the apartment building, looked very similar to the one in Black Panther, where Killamonger's dad got killed. 
maybe editing mistake. Just Not that it was an editing mistake. I'm just saying that's what it looked like. But I don't, I don't think they were in San Francisco on Black Panther. I think in that time, that scene, I think they were like in LA or something. They were Compton or something, somewhere like that. And I don't think they were in San I Francisco. I honestly don't remember. You don't remember the, the building complex? No, I don't remember the location. Well, I mean, no, it's, 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 don't worry, it's not that major. I mean, the only way we can tell is if we look at that end scene in Black Panther where T'Challa and Suri are there and he's telling them, like, this is going to be a, you know, we're going to save this building. We're going to make a Wakanda uh, outreach. learning center outreach thing right there. But yeah, maybe. But that's why, I'm, for me, but I mean, a lot of apartment buildings more or less look alike, yes. I mean, they could have the same contractor. Maybe, maybe it's damage control. Maybe they, they, they brought it up. Or maybe it is related. Maybe they're... They're all built know. by Lenar Homes. <laughs> all right, guys. That is it for us. Thank you so much for our marvelous review of Ant-Man and the Wasp. If you have a movie you would like us to review, please contact us at tales2bros at gmail.com. Until next time, we'll be the next time. I'm Angel. I'm Don. Love you, bro. Love you, bro. Mm-hmm.